Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives, and uh, be sure and fill out our listener survey, survey.greatdetectives.net. Today's episode is brought to you by the financial support of our listeners, and you may support the program at support.greatdetectives.net. All right, well, um, we have actually quite a few lost episodes. Um, the last episode we heard aired July 22nd, and the next episode we're going to play for you today aired nine weeks later on September 23rd. And I'll read off all the uh, lost episodes after the show, but here now is the Schramm Method. This is Mr. Moto. Mr. I.A. Moto. Once again, NBC brings you Pulitzer Prize winner John P. Marquand's fabulous and mysterious Mr. Moto, international agent extraordinary the inscrutable, crafty, and courageous little Oriental whose exploits have endeared him to millions of Americans in another adventure in the world of mystery and international intrigue. Tonight's story concerns the Schramm Method and stars Mr. Moto, Mr. I.A. Moto. The affair of the Schramm method began in Honolulu with an overseas telephone call from my chief in Washington. Uh, Mr. Moto speaking. Moto, this is Captain Beresford. Oh, yes, Captain. Tell me, how quickly can you get to Hong Kong? I believe there is a clipper leaving this morning. Now you get on it. You're to contact a man named Max Mason. He'll be registered at the Victoria Hotel on Regent Street. And my assignment, sir? Well, this Mason is senior partner of a firm called the Inter-Ocean Company. They're importers of tea and spices. Yes. He discovered his Hong Kong representative has been short-weighing his cargoes. Thinks it may be a blind for a major smuggling operation. We were going to send a man out there with him, but he jumped the gun on us. His wife says that he got himself all worked up against this crooked representative of his, and that he may get himself into trouble. So see if you can head him off and learn what's really cooking out there. Very well, Captain Beresford. I will do my best. I boarded the Hong Kong Clipper two hours later. From Kowloon Airport, I took a taxi into Victoria. At the hotel on Regent Street, I obtained the number of the room registered to Mr. and Mrs. Max Mason. Uh, Mr. Mason was not there. Uh, unfortunately, 
Mrs. Mason was very, very pleasant indeed. I'm at my wit's end, Mr. Moto. I really don't know where to turn next. Uh, then perhaps I've done to... everything short of the police, and that I cannot do. Well, let me tell you Max this... left New York last Tuesday night from LaGuardia Field. My sister drove us to the airport. Uh, yes. My other sister, the one whose husband is with Mama Costabel and Cloutman. He used to be in advertising. Batten, Barton, Durston, and Osborne. And before that, he was Marshall and Fetelson. Uh, but uh, anyway, that doesn't matter, because we only went in her car because there was room for the luggage. Uh, Mrs. Well, anyway, Mason, excuse ma- me, but my time is limited, yes, and I yes, should very yes, much I know. like... And that's why I'm telling you everything as fast as I can. As I say, Max left New York... Last on... Tuesday, you mentioned that. And he was coming here to Hong Kong to have it out with this man. And this man is in that building down on the Bund. Uh, you know where all the offices are? And his name? Uh, Rossmore. Donald Rossmore. Yes, now and that I, exa- I just arrived the day before yesterday, and I can't find him anywhere. Now, please, And I'm Mrs. absolutely Mason. at my wit's end. I, I should... don't know where to turn, Mr. Moto. Uh, Mrs. Mason, will you please be quiet for one moment? Oh! Mr. Moto! You shouldn't have said that. I've been in the care of a doctor, and Dr. Schramm warned me against having people shout at me. That is enough, Mrs. Mason. Thank you. Oh, you're so kind, Mr. Moto. I feel better already. I am so happy to hear that. Now then, please, restrain yourself while we try to ascertain the facts. Your husband is the senior partner of a firm called the Inter-Ocean Company. Now, please, give me the name of the other partner and remain silent until I ask you another question. Charles. That's better. Uh, That's his last name. (laughs) Really, it is. Uh, Stuart Charles. And I'm Laura Mason, Max Mason's wife. Now, what is the name of the man your husband came to see? Donald Rossmore. (laughs) That's what I was trying to tell you, Mr. Moto. Only you insisted on changing the subject all the time. Well, uh, Max said that he was going to force this Donald Rossmore to give himself up and take full responsibility for everything or he'd kill him. And I tried to get in the office to see, but it's locked. So I was hoping that maybe you could get in, because Dr. Schramm, he's my analyst, says that you should always face your problems squarely. And if Max has killed Mr. Rossmore, then then I must face it. Very well. I will investigate the matter, Mrs. Mason. Uh, I'll let you know if I find out anything. My fate is in your hands, Mr. Moto. You won't forget me. I will keep you informed, Mrs. Mason. But do not call me. I will get in touch with you. But, uh, Mr. Moto... Uh, good day, Mrs. Mason. I returned to my hotel and made some inquiries by telephone. The offices of the Inter-Ocean Company were closed for the day. Mr. Rossmore was not at his home, but was expected momentarily. I left my number and was on the point of going out to dinner when there was a knock at the door of my room. Mr. Moto? I am Mr. I.A. Moto. Thank you. My name is Dr. Schramm. I come from Prague. Uh, My credentials... Vienna Institute of Psychoanalysis. Uh, what is your problem, Doctor? That, uh, that question is most amusing. You say to me, what is your problem, Doctor? I find I do not resent this. So, in New York, I have been treating this patient, Mrs. Mason. She fancies in her sick mind that her husband wishes to kill a man. I followed her here. So, I must know, what did she ask you to do? I am not obliged to answer that, Doctor, but... Uh... Since she mentioned your name in connection with it, she wished me to accompany her to a certain office. Aha. Uh-huh. And she thinks there is a dead man in there and that her husband killed him. Yes, she seemed to entertain some such fear. Ah, yes. Complete relapse. 
She has this fantasy, Mr. Moto. Ha! I have it. We will try a therapy, you and I. The Schraum method. The Schraum method? A shock treatment of the emotions. Now, you will do as she asks. Go to the office, sweetheart, break in, and there on the floor will be I. So, now, you are Mrs. Mason. I am the dead man. Now, what is the first thing you feel? Uh, perhaps you had better tell me, Doctor. So, first you see the body. It is Mr. Osmond. Your husband has killed him. No, it, it is your husband. You have killed him. Success, relief, remorse, shock. Then I get up. Uh, please, uh, give me a hand. Oh, yes. Here you are, Doctor. There you are. <clears throat> now, I am the doctor again. I grasp your hand in mine, Mrs. Mason. You are cured. Here is the bill for my services. Goodbye, dear, brave little woman. What are your consulting fees, Dr. Moffat? I am afraid you are laboring under a mistaken impression, Doctor. I am... Mistaken? I? I, I tell you this round method never fails. I do not question that, Doctor. However... Good. Eight o'clock, then. You accompany Mrs. Mason to the office of Rossmore. Please be prompt. Remember, success, relief, remorse, shock. You are cured. It was not the Schraum method that intrigued me. It was the Schraum motive. I therefore decided to cooperate in his little charade. At eight o'clock, I proceeded to the building that housed the offices of the Inter-Ocean Company. Mrs. Mason arrived a few moments later. Oh, Mr. Mozart, I'm late. I'm sorry, but I could hardly bring myself to come at all. Yes, I too had some misgivings, Mrs. Mason. Uh, shall we go in? All right. I, I suppose we should. Yes. Uh, do you mind if I hold on to your arm? Oh, please do. I feel a little shaky. Oh, I hope I don't go all to pieces in front of the elevator man. I am sure you will not, Mrs. Mason. Now, please, please. Building's closed for the night. Uh, my husband's working late at the Inter-Ocean Company. Oh, him. He left orders nobody was to go up. Well, I expect it's okay for you, Mrs. Rossmore. I don't trust him, Mr. Moto. Did you hear what he called me? Uh, please, uh, try to remain calm, Mrs. Mason. Always a bit dark, Mrs. Rossmore. Like me to turn on some lights? Oh, no. Uh, no, please don't. I know the way. Whatever you say, Mum. You say you know the way? Right down here. Ah. In here? Yes. Can you unlock the door? It appears to be a simple lock. Let me ah. Oh, I, I'm afraid... I'm afraid to go in. It, it's dark. Now, one moment. Ah, here is the light switch. Max! It's my husband. Rossmore killed him. No. No, it's Rossmore. I killed him. I killed him. All right, Doctor. You can get up now. Dr. Schramm? He was lying with his head turned away and resting in the crook of his arm. I leaned over and tugged at his shoulder. It was stiff. I saw his face. It was not Dr. Schramm. And he had been dead at least three days. <laughs> <laughs> 
I searched him, but found no identification. In his vest pocket was a small, unattached gold key, which I transferred to my own pocket. Then I turned back to Laura Mason. She was gone. I reached the hall just as the door of the service elevator slammed shut. I did not know whether Laura had entered it, but Dr. Schramm was walking up the hall in my direction. Ah, oh, I have been delayed. Interviews with the press. So much excitement. Yes, indeed, Doctor. Now we proceed with our experiment. Laura, where is she? She has already sampled the Schramm method. How? Success, relief, remorse, shock. Is that the proper order? Ah, who is that at the floor? You have called in another consultant after engaging me? He was called, Dr. Schramm, but not by me. Uh, who is it? Who is Aha, he's dead. Do you know who that man is, Dr. Schramm? It must be Rossmore. She had this irrational fear that her husband would kill a man named Rossmore. A delusion, of course. A, a mere fantasy. Mr. Moto? Uh, yes, Doctor. Mr. Moto, is it possible that her fears were not irrational? Fifteen minutes later, the police arrived in response to my call. Thirty minutes later, Mr. Rossmore's wife arrived to identify the body. She took one look at the body on the floor and turned away. I had the curious impression that she was disappointed. It... it's not my husband. Did you know him at all, Mrs. Rossmore? No, no, I never saw him before. You are quite, quite sure of that? Positive. Never saw him in your husband's company? Mr. Moto, the lady has said no twice. Thanks, Inspector. Can I go now? Not just yet, no. Yes, what is it? Mrs. Mason. Oh, bring Mrs. Mason in here, please. Oh, Mr. Moto, I'm sorry to be such a coward, but I felt I just couldn't face it without Dr. Schramm, and I couldn't find him anywhere, so... Why, you were here all the time, Doctor. Now, now, there is no cause for alarm, Laura. Uh, so I brought Mr. Charles instead. Uh, Stuart, uh, this is Mr. Moto. I guess you were Mr. Mason's business partner. Is that correct, Mr. Charles? Yes, and I'm certainly glad that you were on this case, Mr. Moto. You have a reputation for getting results. Thank you very much. I'm Inspector Harkness, Hong Kong Police, Mr. Charles. How do you do? I shall want a statement from you later. Anything I can do, Inspector. That woman. Who? Who is that woman? Laura, please. You must analyze these aggressions, not act them out. That's all right, Doctor. I'm Mrs. Rossmore, Mrs. Mason. Mrs. Rossmore? She's the wife of the man who killed Max. Did, did you know that, Stuart? Have we met before, Mrs. Rossmore? Why, no. Not that I recall, Mr. Charles. Tell me, do you think my husband killed him? That is for the inspector to say. It's a bit too early to draw any conclusions, Mrs. Rossmore. In the meantime, we shall have to ask you not to leave the colony. Sergeant, you please drive Mrs. Rossmore home. Thank you, Inspector. Mr. Moto... I will call on you later, Mrs. Rossmore. I'll be home all evening. Yes, very well. Now then. If the rest of you will just make yourselves comfortable, I have a few questions. Oh, thank you. They're purely routine, of course. Hardly routine, Inspector. This is more than a case of murder. Would you care to explain that remark, Mr. Moto? I can do so very, very briefly. Uh, Mr. Mason was killed because he had learned that Rossmore, who ran the Hong Kong office of his firm, was engaged in a vast smuggling operation, which was a matter of grave concern to my government. I see. Well, then perhaps you had better take over, Mr. Moto. Inspector, as Mrs. Mason's doctor, I must absolutely insist that she not be required to answer any questions at this time. You see, she had this delusion that her husband was going to kill Rossmore, and the shock of thinking it had come true ha has unsettled her. You led me to believe it would have the opposite effect, Dr. Schramm. 
Well, she is cured, yes. But now she feels this deep sense of guilt. Unconsciously, she wished her husband dead and... Did you say unconsciously, Doctor? Ha! You have raised an important point. I must reanalyze that material. Well, then, if you and Mr. Charles will give me your statements, Mr. Moto, I shall leave the rest of it to you. Mr. Charles' statement seemed to satisfy the inspector. Mine did not. The only statement that would have interested me at that moment would have been one by Mr. Mason, who was, unfortunately, too dead to speak. An hour later, Dr. Schwalm, Mrs. Mason, Mr. Charles, and I rode back up the hill in a taxicab. The elevator dropped the doctor at his floor in the Victoria Hotel and shot up to Laura Mason's suite. In spite of their protests, I said I would be delighted to come in for a drink. It's so late, Mr. Moto, and we've already answered so many questions. I have no intention of asking any questions. Well, what is your opinion of this case, Mr. Moto? I am not interested in who killed Max Mason, if that is what you mean, Mr. Charles. My interest is solely in Mr. Rossmore's activities... Before the murder. Well, I feel responsible for this whole thing somehow. Max never even met Rossmore. I hired him after we decided to open an office here in Hong Kong. I knew that he'd been short wedding shipments a couple of months before Max did. Indeed? Yes, yes. I came out here on a surprise visit and caught him red-handed. Ah. However, I promised to keep quiet if he'd make an honest effort to pay back what he had stolen. And then we learned what he was really up to. Smuggling. Why did Mr. Mason not follow my superior's advice and meet the agent who was to have accompanied him? Well, I didn't know that he'd appeal to you people for help. He just packed a suitcase and we took the first plane. Uh, when did he get in touch with Rossmore? Well, not right away. Rossmore was out of town when we arrived here. So while we were waiting around for him to come back, uh, Max found a girlfriend somewhere. I didn't see much of him for several days. Ah, this gold key was in his pocket, Mr. Charles. Did you ever see it before? Why, uh, no, I don't think so. Mrs. Mason? A gold key to some woman's apartment. I never would have thought it of Max. Uh, go on, Mr. Charles. Well, Thursday night, he didn't come back to the hotel. However, I didn't worry especially. Later, I was on the point of going to the police when Laura arrived. She naturally didn't want the business of the girl published in the newspapers, in case that's all it was... So we awaited your arrival. And that's the whole story, Moto. Yes, uh, thank you, Mr. Charles. Uh, you have been most helpful. Well, I was Max Mason's best friend. If you can find the man who killed him... I will do my I... best, Mr. Charles. Oh, I think it's so wonderful the way you find people and things, Mr. Moto. Uh, I wouldn't know where to begin. Uh, frankly, uh, neither do I, Mrs. Mason. Uh, but I think I will start with this gold key. The late Mr. Rossmore's apartment was on the ground floor of a converted mansion near the summit of Victoria Peak. I entered the building and was on the point of ringing the doorbell when I remembered the gold key. And, uh, just on a hunch, I tried it in the spring lock. It worked. What's the big idea? You've got a nerve busting in here like this, picking locks on doors. I am so very sorry. Here is your key, Mrs. Rossmore. Oh. Thanks, Mr. Moto. I... I didn't realize it was you. Now, supposing you tell me all about it, Mrs. Rossmore. I guess I have to. You know about the key. You need not feel obliged to because of that. Then I will. 
I'll even tell you the truth. Sit down. Yes, thank you. Max Mason came here the first time looking for my husband. Huh? The next time he, he came to see me. He's a nice guy, only, only kind of mixed up like me. Told me his wife was involved with some other guy in the States. He'd sent her to a psychiatrist to get over it. He was really broken up about that dame. After seeing her this afternoon, I wonder why. But then how did I ever get mixed up with Rossmore? Uh, tell me about Mr. Rossmore. Uh, do you have a picture of him? He burned every last one of them before he lambed out. Even the one I had of him. Not that I cared about it anymore, but he ruined the frame and it was a good one. Yes, speaking of frames, Mrs. Rossmore. Uh, I thought of that too. No, he's guilty all right. The morning he got back, he said he had an appointment with Max Mason. And he didn't know what he'd do if Mason threatened him with the police. But he'd kill him if he had to. Yes, if I may say so, that sounds a little pat. Uh, do you also have a tape recording of that threat? No, but I've got something better than that. Ah? A murder weapon. Do you want it? At the moment, no. You don't? Uh, tell me some more about Rossmore. What can I tell you? Looks, he was hefty like a football player. Had sandy I meant hair. the man himself, his character. Well, that was the surprise. Oh, he looked jolly enough. Maybe he was at the club or those late dinners with visiting firemen or on those trips back to the States, but at home, he stayed here or cooped up in that office. He never took me out or anything, had no friends, and resented my having any. He made trips to the States, to New York? Sure, I drove him to the airport lots of times. Strange he never called on Max Mason there. He didn't. Why, well, told me he did. Did Mr. Mason say so? He never said one way or the other. Mason's partner, Mr. Charles, says that Mason and your husband never saw each other. Huh, that's funny. How do you do, bang, bang, you're dead? Do you think you'll ever see your husband again? No, and I'm glad. I was beginning to have the same idea. You mean you think he's dead? I do not think Mr. Rossmore is alive. But what makes you do think... Do you mind if I have a look at your husband's room? Well, not at all. It's, it's just in here. Yes, thank you. Say, there's something in that wastebasket. I didn't notice. Ah, very interesting. What? This seems to be his birth certificate. Born Hankout, China. Funny he didn't burn that. Do you recognize this snapshot? Oh, it's his parents. They were missionaries in China. And the child? Oh. Uh, that would be Rossmore as an infant. No Looks doubt. like him. Yes, American passport. Photograph torn off. He really intended to get lost. The fireplace appears to have been used recently. The nights are cool sometimes in Hong Kong. Say... If he burned any papers or anything, aren't there ways to dope out what they were? No special process is needed for these. Cancel checks, bills of lading, a very fine record of Mr. Rossmore's smuggling activities. What are you doing? Burning the contents of this wastebasket. Isn't it incriminating or something? Yes, yes. In fact, I have never known a criminal to take such pains to incriminate himself. I note that he even left a number of very clear fingerprints... On the glass ornament there, on the desktop. I'll just get rid of those two while I'm at it. Why are you doing all this? I think you know the answer to that question, Mrs. Rossmore. And if you have any plans involving Mr. Charles, I warn you, he is a very, very clever man. So you think I'm lying? No, but I do not think you are telling the truth. And you do know the truth, don't you? I think I do. It's worth plenty if you'd throw in with me. Thank you, but the answer is no. Scared of him? Apparently you are not. <laughs> Not a bit. I am sorry to hear that, Mrs. Rossmore. Why? Because you are basically a very nice person, I would like you to remain alive. Well, nobody can say I didn't try. 
Do you want that revolver now? It's the murder weapon, I'm pretty sure. Uh, where is it? In his bureau drawer. One shot fired out of it, and when he left it there, it smelled of powder. That will be it. It will be registered to Rossmore, and will probably have his fingerprints all over it. However, it may interest the Hong Kong police. That's funny. What is it? Come here. Yes? It's gone. I put it back here after the police left. I know it was Mrs. here. Rossmore, what? Watch out. Ah! Ah! Mrs. Rossmore! Oh! Oh! Mrs. Rossmore! You were all right. I am so sorry. So very, very sorry. Then I still stay alive. The gun had not been in the bureau drawer because it was in someone's hand outside the bedroom window. I was still leaning over Mrs. Rossmore when the gun dropped inside the room and spun across the floor. Since there was nothing further I could do for Mrs. Rossmore... I made a thorough search of the apartment. I did not intend to call the police until I was quite sure I had destroyed every clue to Rossmore's identity. Then I wiped the fingerprints off the gun and hid it. The only evidence I preserved was some photographic equipment in a closet, a small can of rubberized gelatin and an alcohol lamp. Then I made a telephone call, not to the police, but to Mr. Charles' room in the Hotel Victoria. Hello? Mrs. Mason? Oh, who is this? This is Mr. Moto. I have found Rossmore. Rossmore? I don't understand. Uh, I mean, how? Where? He shot his wife through the window of their apartment. I gave chase and caught him. Uh, has he confessed? No, I was forced to shoot him. He died before he could make a statement. Uh, but Mr. Charles should be able to identify him. And, Mrs. Mason, uh, you had better bring your doctor. Seeing Rossmore may be quite a shock to you. Well, Moto, that was quick work. Where is he? There is no hurry. Please sit down, all of you. Oh, can't we get it over with, uh, Dr. Schramm? She suffers but... the most grave anxieties, Mr. Moto. It, it is also... quite all right, Doctor. Just relax. Well, if you have found Rossmore's body, I demand to see uh, it. Do not worry, Mr. Charles. It will wait. There is only one difficulty. Uh, the fingerprints are not as clear as I had hoped they would be. And someone seems to have destroyed virtually all the evidence. But the gun... I am so sorry. I fear that was my fault, Mr. Charles. I absent-mindedly wiped the fingerprints off it. What kind of a gag are you trying to pull? I said I found Rossmore, Mr. Charles, and I have found him. As for the evidence, it should be simple to manufacture some. There is all the necessary equipment here. Photostat machine, engraving outfit, rubber gelatin. We should be able to turn out some very fine fingerprints in an hour or so. Uh, whose do you suggest we use? Okay, Moto, what do you have in mind? Uh, we will need someone for the two murders. Mrs. Mason might be a good choice. She is mentally distraught and has a motive. What motive? You did not get along well with your husband. And Mr. Mason carried a gold key to Mrs. Rossmore's apartment. Max was involved with her? That is not too surprising. They had things in common. I don't think much of your proposition, Moto. I admit it has its drawbacks. If Mrs. Mason is convicted, you will not get... Your late partner's money. Uh, Mr. Moto, may I speak? Yes, yes, of course, Doctor. Please, I am in a dilemma. I do not understand anything. 
Are you trying to say that Laura and Mr. Charles, uh, how do you say, uh, frame Mr. Rossmore? That is correct. Except that there never was any Rossmore. But Mr. 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 Charles invented him, right down to manufactured fingerprints. Even Mrs. Rossmore was deceived until she saw Mr. Charles in the office after Mason's body was found. But she foolishly kept silent in the hope that she would be paid for her silence. She was paid, but not in precisely the way she had in mind. Then my diagnosis was right. There is no Rossmore. He was a, a delusion, a fantasy. Mr. Motor, you have saved my professional reputation. It was not the Shroud method, but Charles' stupidity in leaving behind the equipment with which he had manufactured the evidence of Rossmore's identity that led to the final solution of the case. But the doctor's conclusions were correct in one respect. Rossmore really was the invention of Charles' disordered mind. When his partner, Mr. Mason, learned of the fictitious Rossmore's smuggling activities, Charles was forced to act quickly to prevent discovery of his double life. He planned to murder Mason and blame it on a man who could never be caught because he never existed. There was only one thing seriously wrong with the Schwarm method. He had been using it on the wrong patient. You have just heard the world's greatest secret agent, Mr. I.A. Moto, in The Schramm Method. James Monks is starred as Mr. Moto. The script was written by Robert Tallman and directed by Arthur Hanna. Mr. Moto is produced by Doris Quinlan for Carol Irwin. Members of the cast were Alice Frost, John Larkin, Danny Ako, Eileen Heckert, and Walter Grizet. The music was transcribed. This is Fred Collins speaking. And here with a preview of next week's story is Mr. I.A. Moto. It is said that a crooked log makes a better fire than a straight one. The fire, in this case, was worth a million dollars. And the clue was a portrait of a dead man who would not stay dead. Join us next week for the case of the Crooked Log. And now, may sleep fall upon your lidded eyes as lightly as the falling of an autumn leaf. And may your dreams... Be as a fragrance of sandalwood in the clear air of an October morning. Good night. Welcome back. Well, this was kind of an interesting twist uh, and much more of a traditional detective story. And I've not listened to the rest of these uh, programs. And... uh uh, but uh, I'm wondering whether they went to a more traditional detective uh, format um, to uh, perhaps uh, increase uh, ratings. But um, 
this one was really good, and I was kind of on the fence about whether to play this one or not. And I listened to the Schramm method, and that clenched it up because I thought it was such a great mystery. Definitely had to bring you that. Uh, we are getting to the end of this series. Uh, we have only three more episodes of Mr. Moto. Uh, so coming in four weeks, we will be bringing you Mr. Malone. Uh, so be sure and uh, be listening for that. Coming in four weeks. Now we turn to listener comments and feedback. Uh, Patrick writes in, I was wondering if Orson Welles' Black Museum or Whitehall 1212 was going to be on your schedule of shows. I love the shows and your informative commentary. Well, thank you so much, Patrick. I love Black Museum. Whitehall 1212, uh, at least the episode or so I listened to it, was a little drier. But I loved uh, a Black Museum with Orson Welles. It doesn't quite fit in with our, in our um, overall scope. Um, I, I have been thinking that we might, uh, you know, we're, we're doing these listener request days during our upcoming listener support campaign. And I was thinking we might um, actually um, have a uh, listener request day on a future uh, listener support campaign where listeners could uh, request any program not limited uh, to detective shows. But that would be on um, a... Uh, a uh, a future support campaign so uh stay tuned for more but we don't have any plans to run through these whole um series because they're more documentary crime series rather than detective series finally we uh have a, a tweet uh val sends along this story from the londonist uh and uh the uh report the report says a well-known mansion in charterhouse square was uh, badly damaged by fire over the weekend. Florin Court is an elegant grade two listed 1936 residential building designed by Guy Morgan and comprising 120 flats. The fire broke out on Saturday evening in a first floor flat. All residents were evacuated and there are no uh, reported injuries thanks to quick response from the fire station. Serious damage was limited to the first floor uh, flat with smoke damage to upper floors. It was noted that the block is widely known as the fictional residence of Ecu Poirot in the long-running ITV and film adaptations, uh, where it takes the name Whitehaven Mansions. Residents enjoy basement, swimming pool, roof, terrace, gym, and sauna. So some damage to the traditional uh, Poirot apartment uh, that people uh, have enjoyed on so many great uh, ITV programs. And the 13th series of Poirot is actually underway in the UK, so those of us in the States should soon be able to hopefully uh, watch their adaptation of Elephants, uh, Can Remember, and the rest. All right, well, thanks for the tip, Val. That will do it uh, for today. Join us tomorrow, not for, not for Johnny Dollar, but for Miss Pinkerton Incorporated, and then join us next Tuesday for another episode of Mr. Moto. Oh, I forgot to mention the uh, lost episode titles. Well, here they are. Uh, the ones that we missed, The Wheel of Life, Waltzing Matilda, The Beauty and the Avenger, The Shing Sung Fan, The Three Numbers, The Unhappy Firebug, The Blue Cigarettes, and The Cants of Kalua Nioe. So... All right, well, that'll do it for today. We'll see you back here tomorrow. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.